Tuning in now to the LBX Daily Show. Brought to you by the LBX Collective. Your community to connect, engage, and inspire. Now, let's get ready to roll. With your hosts, Christine Buer and Brandon Wiley. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Hello. Well, that was a surprise. Where's your suit, Brandon? <laughs> I I know I should have I should have my suit on. Ah, <laughs> uh, all right, yeah. Uh, reporting reporting live from Cape May, New Jersey. Cape May, New Jersey. Woo! Sounds like you're having all a right. fun time. Uh, yeah, sure, having a fun time in this uh, in this hotel for one. So, um, <laughs> all right. Admiring your starfish hanging over your bed there. It's just uh, so uh, beautiful. I know, I know. I uh, I hung that there myself. So uh, lovely. Um, yeah, no, no, no. So, so I'm I'm here in Cape May uh, tomorrow morning. I'm actually going to be going on a little tour around Maury's Piers, which is at Wildwood, New Jersey, and so I'm excited about that. It's going to be a little behind the scenes tour, and um, and so yeah. But I'm I'm out here in New Jersey because that was actually just in D.C. yesterday, as uh, you know, when Christine ran solo, and I was doing a, I was I was meeting with some senators from Arizona, some. Um, my my congressman from the district, and this was part of a you know a general advocacy effort by IAPA to just promote attractions and also talk through some of the things that you know some core things that we actually talked about two days ago on the show. So if you want to learn a little bit more about the the topics, that's uh, I encourage you to go and listen to the show from Tuesday. But um, it was a good time. Uh, was able to meet with the senators um, and some of their staff and. You know, I think one of the, the key takeaways, I'm not going to go into all the details, but the key takeaway that I had was actually from Denise Bexson, who's the chair of the Government Relations Committee for mm-hmm. uh, for IAPA. And, um, and, and Denise, she actually works with Maurice Piers, um, but she mentioned that, you know, look, when you have a situation like COVID, for example, or really any major severe thing that happens to your park or to your state or just collectively as a, as a nation or as a world, and you have a problem that you need addressed or you want some help from your congressperson or your city council or whatever, that the time to do that is not when you actually have that problem because you have no relationship. And they're like, who are you? Why are you coming to me right now? I don't know you. Like, what? Like, where is that relationship? She said the time bef- is to, to like that you want to do that is to establish that relationship years before you actually need to ask for anything or whatever. So build that rapport. Get to know the staffers. Get to know the policy advisors, the chiefs of staff, the actual elected officials across all layers of the government that have an impact on your facility. And I think that was the biggest takeaway for me, and one where. I can guarantee you this is something I'm going to do every year. And in fact, I'm going to build greater inroads even locally and work on building um, a, you know, a greater coalition of advocacy and support for the location-based entertainment attractions industry in Arizona, but then obviously more broadly. Yeah, um, I think those, that's a, such a great point. But uh, you know, just to even add to that, I think even just beyond that, we should always be engaged locally with our community, with uh, the senators and all the political people within that space on a general basis, just so that they know that you exist and that you're there. And you can run other promotions, not just when COVID hits, right? But they're there to support you, you know, in a downturn or to help drive business to your facility, right? Or any other issue that just might come um, pop up in your local area, right? It's always important to have those relationships. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So it was a great time, uh, great learning experience and and education, but uh, definitely plan to do more of it going forward in the future. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, thank you. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Cool. 
What do you um, got next? So, okay. So this is just so weird. This, and I, and I just have to share this with everyone and get their opinion, but this lady, this girl, this lady girl from Starbucks, she ended up get, getting fired from Starbucks and she decided that she was going to leak all their secret recipes out to the internet. So um, I have a couple to show here. I'm not posting them all, but she took pictures of their secret catalog and she posted them all on X and she X Twitter. Um, and she just, laid them all out to the public. So if you need to know how to make your favorite caramel macchiato or your coconut milk mocha macchiato, there you go. You've got the recipe now um, and it's all yours. But, you know, thinking about it and trying to figure out why she felt that she needed to do this, I wonder if this was just a quick reaction because she was so angry or if she actually put a little bit of thought into how she was trying to damage Starbucks brand um, and reputation, you know, um, very dangerous game to play. I think. Yeah, it's dangerous on two levels. One, potentially legally, because she's probably signed as part of her employment agreement a non-disclosure um, when it comes to some of those recipes. So I wouldn't be surprised if that's a if that's a real like legal issue she's gonna have to deal with. But two, just reputationally, like that's just stupid. Um, because like if I'm an employer and I see that she did that, like out of a vindictive approach to getting fired or terminated then I'm not going to hire you. Like you're, you're, you're like non hireable because why would I hire you? And if something goes wrong, you're going to throw all that stuff out online. Like that's just a bad, bad, bad juju to put out there in the world. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And everything is searchable nowadays. I don't know how many people look into people's social media that they're hiring, but it'll instantly be recognizable. Yeah. See, there you go. It'll be instantly recognizable. Mm -hmm. It's not something you can just wipe from your record. Right. So yeah, I don't know. Not cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Poor, poor, poor decision for sure. Um, all right. Well, so you know, on, on kind of the next angle, I didn't realize, uh, and it's funny, I was actually just hanging out with Jim Pattison Jr. last night at, um, in, at the Canadian embassy for dinner, which was amazing. And, uh, you know, it was, it was a pretty cool thing put together by Bob over at Callaway Park and, and, uh, and working with the Canadian embassy. But um, obviously Jim Pattison Jr. being from Canada and also being the uh, CEO of Ripley's, I did not realize that Ripley Entertainment actually franchised their stuff out. So they have, um, they actually have franchises uh, for a couple of like their their main Ripley's, believe it or not, franchise. So uh, in fact, I actually just saw one at one of the boardwalks I visited earlier today. And then they actually have other attractions. So they have like water parks and some other attractions that they have and Guinness World, Guinness Book of World Records they own. And then they also have like this traveling like license thing called the science behind Ripley's, believe it or not. And I actually saw one of those. I took the kids, uh, took my kids to the, one of those at Arizona Boardwalk um, when it was in town. And it's basically a traveling thing. So it's there for a pop-up. But, um, but anyway, you know, I know that uh, Christine is going to be doing a talk at the IAPA Expo on just franchising and licensing. And I just had no idea that uh, Ripley's did this because I was just assumed that all their stuff was corporate owned, sort of like Crayola Experience. Crayola Experience has a lot of corporate owned locations, but now they're beginning to franchise and license their brand. And uh, they actually just announced one in, in China. But uh, this is something that's interesting, especially the science of, because that, that goes in a small space, pop-up space. So if you have some extra space um, in, or, in or around your attraction, this is something you could actually think about adding in. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's a cool concept for sure. I was surprised too when I was doing some research on the franchising and licensing that Ripley's was franchised. I'm curious to know how long they've actually been doing that for and how successful. Yeah, I, I, I think it's I think it's a fairly new endeavor um, that they're trying to just license their brand and IP because a lot of the location, most of their locations are owned and operated by their their corporate headquarters. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Cool, that's awesome. 
Good. Yay. Another kind of Canadian company. Well, I don't even know if Ripley's is Canadian anymore. I don't know because, because I mean, like their headquarters is down in Florida and Orlando. So I'm not sure like, you know, yeah. How, how that all works with the whole big Patterson empire. Totally. Totally. Okay. Okay. Um, so always on the internet doing research for stuff, obviously looking for the next big attraction. <laughs> I know we talk a lot about pickleball. Then we started talking a little bit about shuffleboard and, uh, curling. Um, but I found a business and I thought this was hilarious. And Brandon's like laughing at me in the background, um, <laughs> that has wiffle ball. And I was just like, wiffle ball. Are they just like, are they using wiffle ball? Because instead of the name pickleball, because aren't pickleball and wiffle ball the same thing? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I better explore it. I better look into this. And as it turns out, they're not the same thing at all. So wiffle ball, and I'm sure everybody knows this, and I'm the only one that doesn't get it. And I'm, I mean, I guess we can equate this to me being Canadian or something like that. <laughs> but wiffle ball is just more of um, a kind of a scaled down <laughs> baseball game essentially with a a softer ball that can't go as far and you use a different kind of bat so you can play within a smaller arena <laughs> and so here let me bring this up I thought it was hilarious um here's a little example of one of the arenas that they have at first and bowl now first and bowl said they're adding some new attractions um I guess apparently they have it's football bowling um so it's they set up bowling pins and they throw a football at them it's not actual bowling um and then they have indoor pickleball golf simulators and they've added this wiffle ball course now, <laughs> um, here, I, I even looked up um, a picture of the uh, balls so we could all see that they're different. They're not the same as pickle balls. They're not built the same. <laughs> Because I'm my head, I'm like, well, and, and I was so surprised to see that there's a skinny little bat that goes with it. Like, I feel like I got schooled here. I am learning. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, one of our one of our fans said wiffle ball is so fun that they have even they have pro leagues. Oh my god, who knew? Who knew? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wow. And, and I love that you like you, that you're you're now like educating the you know the American audience. I know, granted, we have audience that listens and watches in other places too, outside of the United States. But like you're educating the American audience on like what wiffle ball is, and we're like, yeah, I know, we have all played wiffle ball. Yeah. <laughs> so. No, I, I love. I, th I thought it's. I mean, it's hilarious. You started telling me this, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the Canadian who doesn't understand what wiffle ball is. Like, <laughs> or, or maybe I'll tell my friends here, and they'll be like, "What do you mean you don't know what wiffle ball is? We played that in high school all the time." I'll be like, "What do you mean we played it in high school? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, but it's definitely not something that exists here. I can assure you that." So. <laughs> Well, uh, that's awesome. So yeah, first of all, um, you know, doing some innovative <laughs> things like putting in wiffle ball into their indoor. Now, granted, they are based in Milwaukee. I'm like, you know, again, because I think like, uh, you know, why if I could play wiffle ball in my driveway or in my my street out front, like which I we actually have as a family, um, why would we put this? Why like why would I pay to come play wiffle ball? And and at the end of the day, they're in Milwaukee. It's snowy for as, as Christine mentioned, like five five months out of the year. And so, you know, look, the, the, it makes sense to have this kind of thing indoors and, and be able to have fun and play uh, this yeah. kind of stuff. So I totally get it. Uh, I was kind of ragging on it at first, but uh, it is actually kind of cool. Wiffle ball is a lot of fun. Um, it's actually like way more interesting and fun than baseball, frankly. And mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, it follows kind of the same model and rules, but you can like crack that ball as hard as you possibly can. And it like literally goes nowhere, um, which is a lot of fun. So, uh, yeah, anyway. Uh, all right. So there's a new location of spin. So spin is actually, uh, Christine mentioned, we talked about this in the past. I can't remember talking about it, but that, but I'm like, I'm sure we have. So apologize if this is 
revisiting something. Um, but I know for sure this has been covered on Fun Across America. So there's a location, you know, so this is one of the videos. If you're familiar with Fun Across America, we've talked about them before. It's a YouTube channel, so check them out. And you can actually watch um, the host of Fun Across America, Nate, play against one of the pros. So what's cool about Spin is they actually have ping pong pros who can teach you how to play ping pong. You can schedule sessions with them, just like if you were to go and play, uh, you know, go golf with a golf pro. They have ping pong pros. You can compete against them. And, uh, and they're all pretty good. They've all like, you know, high level, high level ping pong players. And so the new location in Midtown, New York, just um, it's actually underground, uh, right, right next to Times Square. So like right in the heart of everything. It's a, it's a, it's a basement location. They have 10 Olympic sized tables and you can reserve tables for $20 for up to 10 people. And um, what, uh, but what I thought was interesting about this new location, because they only have this at this location, is that they now have an AI robot that you can play against called Spinny. And I say play against, which isn't 100% accurate because I actually, it took me forever to find these guys because, you know, you actually, they, they don't have, uh, they have a great looking location. So it's beautiful. They have this bathtub with like orange balls that you can climb into, obviously with their logo behind to do selfies and take group photos. And uh, it's just, a, it's a really nice looking location. They have a DJ that spins and plays music. Um, but in the press release, they talked about this uh, this AI robot called Spinny. It's by a group. It's a group out of China called the M1, ping, the M1 Pong Bot, and um, it's used to help Olympic ping pong athletes train. And um, and so basically, though, what it does is it just is all about help, um, all about serves. So you can set it to novice to expert. And depending on how you're setting and kind of how you're performing, it will it will like modify and shift its approach. And so it isn't just like the old ping pong thing that just kind of spits balls at you like in a couple directions. It literally is like changing angles. I did find a little 10 second video. I'm not going to play it here. Um, that you can guys go can Google it. It's the M1 Pongbot, um, but it like is angling and it's like serving and like going to different speeds and and you're just kind of hitting back at it into a net. So that's uh, that is a thing, but it's, uh, unique to this place. So I just thought it was cool that okay, these guys have a number of locations. I think up to 20 locations now, but they're still looking for ways to innovate and bring in new gameplay. Yeah, I'm um, I'm so curious about this model. Like, is ping pong's the only thing that they have there. It, it, well, and then and then high end like high end F and B, so really craft cocktails, yeah. really good food, yeah. and then and then like DJ, right? It's just for the ambiance. Yeah. So I'm I'm so I, I and in how many locations did you say they had? They have about twenty locations now. Yeah, like across yeah. multiple states. So like the the fun across America one was at the Chicago location. I I find it fascinating, and I'd love to do a, a further study and deep dive into the concept because um, I had a friend who opened up a ping pong bar in Edmonton, which is about three hours away from here, and they did an amazing job. It was beautiful. They had all the right things in there. They did high level food, beverage. They were in the right part of the city too for social entertainment, and it failed. Didn't work. Mm -hmm. So what is it that's making that's making spin work? Like how how is that concept working? Um, I know it's obviously not the AI robot because it's new, um, but I, I just I, I wonder how do you drive enough traffic for people to come in and enjoy the food and beverage and take advantage of the ping pong? Like how do you create that theme that people actually want to come to something like that? Is it just volume of people around a facility like that, or is there something different about the way that Americans think about ping pong versus Canadians? And I know this no, is an yeah not a lot. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, certainly every location that they are is in a high density area. You don't find a spin popping up in uh, Boise, Idaho, 
right? Mm-hmm. So like it's it's popping up at, like they're in Chicago and New York and high density areas um, yeah. in Philadelphia, um, and and so they they are I think relying on the density and the pot, you know, and and the younger population too, uh, you know, to come and just hang out and like, you know, I, I guess it's sort of a little bit like the darts locations, you know, the, like the the flight clubs of the world where you're coming in, you're like going to play darts, but like you're really there to have drinks and hang out with your friends and, and yeah. eat some food. So like, there's sort of like a, an entertainment more than they are really like full on location based entertainment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, I wish we had a researcher on staff that could actually just go, go and, you know, track more information, more data and just track how these kind of things work out. I mean, I know recently we saw a punchable social location that closed down and I just, I really want to know the data behind this. I'm just mm-hmm. dying to be very, very curious. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Someday. Someday yeah. we will. Yes, yeah, we will. Exactly. Sooner than later. Sooner than later. This yes. is important stuff. So, um, okay. Well, cool. Awesome. Well, next time I head in that direction, <laughs> I'm going to have to hit it up and play with that AI robot. He sounds so much fun. He, she, it, them, they, whatever. Um, they are. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. What, what, what pronoun are we going to use for AI? I don't know. Like, yeah, it is, is interesting. Or will they select their own pronoun? Will they will be at a point where they actually like decide what gender they are, depending on the AI? Yeah, it'd be interesting. All right. Exactly. Very cool. Yeah. I like it. Good angle. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Well, visiting locations seems to be a hot topic here. And, um, you know, we are headed to Florida very soon. Um, but I would have to say that if um, I lived, I know, my gosh, seriously, you should see how much snow I have in my backyard right now. It's nuts. Um, but if I lived in Florida, I know where I would be headed tonight. And that's to Epcot uh, Center to go to the food and wine, the International Food and Wine Festival that's going on there. Um, I, it's been going on since the end of July, and it runs till November 17th. Um, and it sounds amazing. The food looks so delicious. So um, in order to get access to this festival, you actually just have, you have to pay to get into Epcot first of all. So there's that layer, right? Because you're going to go and enjoy the attractions. But then what they have is they have different booths set up throughout the whole um, area that they're, they're kind of doing little sample meals of things from Canada, from Germany, India, Brazil, a whole bunch of the places that you can go and you can just buy little samples to eat. And what happens is when you walk through the door, you get this cool little passport and every little pavilion you go to, you can get a stamp in it. And at the end of your night, once you're done, you can head over to, um, it's called the um, Shimmering Sips Marketplace and cash in your password and they'll give you a a little uh, special treat and prize for actually walking through the uh, Epcot Center and buying all these things, which I thought was kind of fun. Kind of a fun little way to um, end the night off, right, with a little thank you. Um, And right now they are doing a whole big thing on cheese. So they have this Emily's fromage montage occurring, which is cool. So they've collaborated with some of the countries and they've incorporated a cheesy dish into their, um, a cheesy meal into their, uh, some of their stuff that they're serving. So for example, in India, you can get a curry spiced crispy cheese with mango curry ketchup. Sounds delicious. Um, in Germany, there is something I cannot pronounce. It starts with <laughs> something like that. And it's a pasta gratin with ham, onions, and cheese. Um, there's In Greece, there's a griddled cheese with pistachios and honeys. And the list goes on and on. It looks absolutely wonderful and uh, very tasty and delicious. Um, and if that doesn't suit you um, and you're not interested in something like that, you can always head on over to the Brewing Lab and pick up one of these bad boys. Uh, let's bring this on stage. And we'll go to this next one. It is a dill pickle milkshake. (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, nothing about that sounds, nothing, nothing about dill pickle milkshake sounds interesting, uh, but maybe my wife and my son who love to eat dill pickle chips would love to have a dill pickle milkshake, but, uh, not for me. Um, yeah. I feel like it's the ketchup and mustard scenario at the Calgary Stampede where they had ketchup and mustard ice cream. It, it's, a, it's a surprise to the taste buds at first, and then it kind of goes into the sweet, creamy thing. Not overly enjoyable, but interesting. <laughs> Not overly, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, but I do, I will say that um, this is a place, uh, like the, the wine and food, the wine, the food and wine festival at Epcot is one of the places I try to hit every year post IAPA Expo, and I plan to hit it again this year. And uh, it's great. Although you have to go in ready to spend some money because not only are you spending the money for the admission to Epcot, but you're also spending money uh, like for every single item you're buying at mm-hmm. uh, at the uh, the Food and Wine Festival. So it's a great way for them to boost their per cap for sure, but it is really good and it is really enjoyable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, it looks good. If I can hit it when I'm at uh, in Florida this year, I think I'm going to try it. So, and yeah. it comes, there are lots of uh, other drink options as well, which I'm sure you've partaken in as well. So sounds yeah, delicious. Yeah. Awesome. Great. So. All right. Well, that wraps things up for today. So that was uh, that was our, our Thursday edition of the LBX Daily. And uh, you know what? This is CBBW signing off. Stay tuned and keep kicking ass. Bye, guys. 